0: This is Farmer's
1: Kitchen with Spinneys on Dubai Eye 103.8.
0: This is Farmer's Kitchen brought to you by Spinneys. I'm Helen Farmer on Dubai Eye 103.8. Prepare to feel hungry, prepare to feel inspired. I can almost hear your tummy rumbling. You're listening to Farmer's
1: Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. In half
0: an hour's time, I'm going to be in conversation with Casa Destino about my latest column for the Spinneys magazine, which is... Well, it's nice to get a bunch of flowers, but what do women really want on Mother's Day? So if you are a mum out there and you want to drop a pretty major hint to your kids or your husband, feel free to get in touch on 4001. Tell me your name. Tell me their name. We'll give you a shout out. And um, it's it's the ultimate way to drop a hint. Let's just say writing a column for magazines, your husband gets a hint is pretty extreme, but... It it was absolutely effective. You can do it here and uh, get your message read out on Dubai I-103.8. Breakfast in bed is always a popular one. But what about an afternoon tea? Joining us on the line now is Karen D'Souza of Spinney's Magazine to talk us through some of the gorgeous recipes which are in the current issue. Karen, how are you?
2: Hey, hello. I'm very well, thank you. And I'm so excited to be here today.
0: Well, can I ask you before we start talking recipes, because they sound amazing, which food reminds you of your mum?
2: Um, that would have to be a dish called khao sui. It's actually a Burmese dish, which is, um, it's got like a curried chicken base with noodles and then you top it with spring onions mm-hmm. and uh, chopped green chilies um, and boiled egg. It's, it's the ultimate comfort food for me. Oh, that
0: sounds amazing.
2: Yeah, uh- it is. I've had it since I've, I've been a little girl and every time I go back home, that's the first thing I ask her to make for me.
0: Is it something you've tried to cook yourself?
2: I have actually um I don't do it very often because I'm a bit of a lazy cook I'm more of a baker than a cook um but yeah I do make it on special occasions.
0: See my mum my mum is a good cook she's not an amazing cook but she's a good cook and I think when it's when it's a mum making something with love and something that you know She knows you love. That's what makes it really special, even if it's not. You know, we've had, you know, Florencia saying shepherd's pie. Lucy's saying toast reminds me of my mum because she can't wake up in the morning until she's had a very burnt toast in bed. And my mum loves. cold burnt toast with raspberry jam and it's just these little things that would just remind us at home and I think we're all feeling a little bit homesick right now so lovely to get your messages and Karen I I always say this to the Spinney's team but the magazine is just an absolute thing of beauty the food photography is stunning and every time I pick it up there's something I either aspire to cook or know that I can cook and I think you do such an amazing job of sometimes demystifying ingredients that might, we might see on the shelves and not know what to do, but also think about ingredients in a completely different way. And the, the recipe developers just do a, an amazing job of bringing together some really great um, ingredients to create something quite special. And, and for your Mother's Day recipe feature, you've done an afternoon tea spread with some baking. So this, as you say, is much very much your specialty area, more of a baker than a cook. So can you talk yes. us through some of the recipes that are in the pages?
2: All right, so um uh, we went with a uh, Battenberg cake. Um and it's a pretty traditional recipe, um but we did sort of put a new spin on it. Um in terms of we introduced uh, rhubarb and uh, mm-hmm. rose into the cake. Those are not traditional flavors. Usually a Battenberg cake is uh, vanilla and then with a little bit of um coloring in the in the pink part of the cake, the checkerboard cake. Um so we used rose water. Um, And we also uh, used rhubarb jam to paste all the uh, sponge strips together. Mm -hmm. Usually, uh, the cake has a a strawberry or raspberry jam. So rhubarb was something new that we introduced. And um, we actually have some wonderful rhubarb in store right now. So it would be great uh, to actually make your own rhubarb jam at home and use it in this cake.
0: That's I mean what what a flavor combination rose and rhubarb that sounds like yeah. that's very british i mean i think of as you say it's rhubarb season um the summer store so people keep making a nice oh, who doesn't love a rhubarb crumble yum um now battenberg i always think it looks really complicated to get that checkerboard effect what do you actually yeah. need to do karen and
2: because I, when I was a kid, I was fascinated by the Battenberg cake because I just thought, "Wow, do people get like a special pan to make that kind <laughs> exactly. of? You know, get that checkerboard sort of uh, um, um, uh, checkerboard uh, design in there." Um, but actually, you just bake the cakes in two separate tins, and then you uh, remove them from the tin, cut the sides, cut them into strips, and then those strips are sort of um, glued together with the jam, and then all the strips are um, covered in marzipan. And that's how you get the Battenberg cake.
0: I love it. What's the history? So it's not at
2: all complicated.
0: Okay, I'll try. Um, what's, what What is the history of it? What's the origin story of the Battenberg? So
2: th- there are a few um, theories as to how it first came about, but I like to the one I like the most um, is actually uh, to do with Queen Victoria. Um, Her granddaughter, Princess Victoria, married uh, Prince Louis of the Battenberg royal family, Mm -hmm. and um, the cake was created for their wedding in 1884, so that's, um, that's the history the Battenberg cake. Which
0: is why it seems so fancy. Um, <laughs> some, some, I mean, just absolutely beautiful flavours coming together. And speaking of flavour combinations, we we'll are talking next about how to make apple cheddar and sage scones, which sound oh, yes. amazing. We'll talk to you about how to get those.
1: You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai
0: Eye 103.8. We are leafing through the pages of Spinneys magazine talking about some of the amazing recipes that are there to help you out out take you from shopper to chef um, and delighted to be speaking to Karen D'Souza, who's the deputy editor of that magazine. They've got a Mother's Day recipe feature with cake sponges, finger sandwiches and more to, well, maybe the burnt toast in bed. Maybe Hopefully those days are over, so what about an afternoon tea instead? Um, Discuss how to make rhubarb and rose battenberg, which doesn't sound as scary as it looks, actually, but what about a nice scone? Uh, Karen, you've got an apple, cheddar and sage recipe are these quite straightforward? How what, and how do the flavors go together?
2: Um, it is actually very straightforward. And the thing to remember uh, when you're work when you're making scones is to um, knead very lightly because the more you knead, uh, the less of a rise you will get. And um, and always use fresh baking powder because um, I mean that's how you'll get a good rise. At least a baking powder that has been opened within the last six months, no older. Um, and these apples, apple and cheddar go really well together, especially the Granny Smith apple that we've used because it has a uh, slightly higher acid acidity level compared to other apples. And that goes very well with the mature cheddar. Um, and all three together are absolutely a fantastic combination. And we've paired it with a very nutty flavored tea. And uh, apple goes uh, really well with that sort of mm. toasted aroma that the tea has. It's the Blue Society Forever nutty tea um and it's we've we've made it within a muffin tin, so it just sort of makes it easier to bake and handle.
0: We are going to be speaking to the founder, Laura Manning, of Brew Society um, after four o'clock today, finding out about some of the more unusual flavours that they have created. You can find that on the shelves of Spinneys as well. And what about a fancy sandwich? Um, you are speaking to someone who had a cheese and pickle sandwich for a lunch. <laughs> it was not a five star feast. <laughs> sometimes you just can't beat a good sandwich. But what about an elevated sange? what what, uh, what would you suggest for a nice afternoon tea, Karen?
2: All right. So uh, when you think of an afternoon tea, it's usually uh, cucumber sandwiches, mm-hmm. um, which is a very classic uh, um, item on an afternoon spread menu. But we thought we thought um, about making it fancier, so we included uh, prawns in mm-hmm. the sandwich this time. And um, I mean, that, that just all those all those flavors go really well together. And we happened to pair the prawn and cucumber sandwich with um, a spinney's food uh, peppermint tea. And the peppermint just sort of, like, cuts through the richness of the cream cheese that goes on the bread. Um, and I think that people really, really like this recipe. And uh, it will just sort of, like, elevate the whole afternoon day
0: experience. Mint and cucumber is a lovely combination as well. You know, really, yes, really refreshing. Um, you're absolutely right. We think about those cucumber sandwiches with, with the crusts cut off, of course. Um, yes. Think of, you know, ladies in their finery you and know, their little fingers poking out. Um, when did we start seeing sandwiches, you know, being almost fashionable, I suppose, um, traditionally? So
2: um, the afternoon tea sandwich came about in the mid-1800s. It sort of became fashionable for people to have an afternoon snack because dinner time sort of got pushed back to around 7.38 in the evening. So people started having these uh, little sandwiches just to sort of tide them over till dinner time. Um, And that's when you sort of saw this becoming more and more fashionable uh, with uh, especially the upper classes.
0: (sighs) Love the sound of that. And, and, you know, you might not be going out for afternoon teas right now, but you can have an occasion at home. Um, thank you so, so much. And, and well, as I said, we are speaking to Brew Society later on, but you've got some great teas available in store from big brands, um, but also some some local homegrown heroes as well. We spoke to Namaste last week about the, some of their Ceylon tea. They've got brilliant packaging, like these kind of bamboo caddies almost that are totally biodegradable. Yeah, definitely. So nice. Yeah, it's also
2: 100% biodegradable,
0: yeah. Unbelievable. So there's plenty in store to complement your recipes. And if you do have a go at any of the recipes you see or hear about, please take photos on social media, tag at Spinney's Dubai, tag Dubai I1038FM. We would love to see your efforts and we'd love to share them too. Karen D'Souza, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Tummy is rumbling. You have done your job. <laughs> <laughs> i <I'm laughs> <so> uh, glad. <laughs> wishing, wishing you a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful weekend ahead. Thank you. You're listening to Farmer's
1: Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8.
0: So in the latest Spinneys magazine, you can find my column on what mums really want for Mother's Day and to discuss further, delighted to be joined on the line by Cassie Desino. She is the founder of IVF Support UAE. As we discuss, well, for me, I don't want a scented candle. I've got plenty of those, Cassie. I really just (laughs) want a bit of sleep. What was Mother's Day for you like growing up? Was it? a thing in the states or not really yeah it is a thing in the states we do it in may
3: uh in the states so it's a little bit later in the spring and you know it it certainly was a thing it wasn't much of a thing in my family we didn't really do much about it so i didn't really have it on my radar really until all of my friends started having babies Mm. and in the age of social media it was a mother's
0: day extravaganza every year there was there was certainly no escaping it it can get a little bit competitive for sure for sure yeah. um see for me growing up um because it's mothering sunday in england um it it was a thing obviously not on social media back in ye oldie times but mm. my my mum always really valued feeling valued and there was one year when we got it really really wrong really wrong <laughs> What'd and what did you do a, a, My dad forgot. We were kids. We were maybe like 8 and 11 and my dad forgot. And in the way that kids do, we tried to make it better but probably made it worse. And I went around the house trying to find things that I didn't think she knew existed and wrapped them up. And that just sent her absolutely ballistic. (laughs) And she got the dog, stormed out the house, you know, slammed the door, didn't come back for about five hours. And this is back in, you know, rural England on a Sunday 25 years ago. So nothing was open. Mm. You know, we couldn't go and... There was a garden centre that had a chocolate shop and we got, bought like a plaque of chocolate and wrote sorry on it. Again, not the thing to do. And <laughs> we never made the mistake again. And I remember at the time thinking she's overreacting, but now that I'm a mum, she wasn't overreacting at all. She, this, this is a day when you can really make an effort to make you, you know the mum in your life feel special. And we didn't do that. We, we really, really yeah. failed. And I'll, I feel, still feel terrible about it now. And this is me coming from a family where I've got a wonderful, I'm really lucky to have a a great relationship with my mum. And something that came up, I think, a lot on social media, certainly last week with friends in the UK, is that actually Mother's Day can be quite a a painful day for lots of people. And I wanted to ask you about that, because I know that might have been the case for you when you were certainly trying to start your family. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. I always found Mother's Day to be very triggering and painful when we were you know, I would say there were four or five years, four or five Mother's Days that went by when we were trying to have a baby and we couldn't. And, you know, it just, the messages all over society are, you know, your job is to be a mother. If you are a woman, you are to be a mother. And, you know, you'd see these adorable pictures of adorable children and flowers. And, and it was just such a constant reminder that, I was not that thing, so I always found it to be very painful. And you know, sort of conversely, I have said to my husband at this point now that I have been lucky enough to have two children, he knows that the only holiday I care about him celebrating is Mother's Day. I I don't care about Valentine's Day. You know, I love a Christmas. That's that's aside, but I want acknowledgement on a Mother's Day. That is something that I. Felt I had been denied for so long. Mm-hmm. And and also it means that I am very careful on Mother's Day. I do not post on my social media flowers or, you know, I have some adorable handmade cards that I'm looking at right now that my kids made me this year. Uh, but I don't post those things because I know that there are other people like me who who would find that painful. People who've lost their mothers. Mm-hmm. That's you know, people who don't have a relationship with their mother. I mean, it's there is a lot of little emotional bombs embedded in Mother's Day. And, you know, not everyone gets to
0: feel joy and celebration around mother's day um, and i try to be aware of that and i think you know given what you do as well i think that's a, a really you know sensible and sensitive move and there's so many different ways to be a mother as well you don't necessarily need to be a biological mother you could be yeah. a mother of a pet you could be have a, a you know a mothering relationship with a really good friend and i've been lucky enough to have some friends here in dubai that have been you know substitute mothers that i would turn to yeah. in, in times of need so if you are having a tough time around mother's day we really are thinking of you and it might be to do with losing your mum or not having a good relationship with your mum, maybe you've lost a baby, maybe you're trying to conceive. So we are yeah. really thinking of you on Sunday and many of you getting in touch to share your fond memories of your mum and it's, it is lovely. I know a lot of people are feeling quite homesick right now. Um, yeah, people haven't seen their mums here know, now in it's, such a long time. I know. A year. That's I mean, that's, awesome. And I think, as you say, it's about um, feeling valued and heartfelt words, I think, are so, so important. You know, my my kids wrote me a, a card, and the unprompted, which is the you know the it's ultimate. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I'd done a good job. <laughs> so, in uh, in the pages of Spinney's magazine, I have written a bit of a manifesto to uh, to the gentlemen of Dubai, kind of laying out what what mums really want. And for me, sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Has got to be up there. I, I used to have, like, it, when I was in the depth of, you know, being sleep deprived with, with newborns, fan, like full blown fantasies of just, you know, it, it, it could have been the uh, hotel equivalent of a jail cell. If I was on my yeah. own <laughs> for about six hours, that's all I dreamt about. <laughs> that's all, that's all yeah. I wanted. So maybe book her a hotel room. Maybe ah. just allow a, a lie in until 7, 7 a.m. Who are we? 7am uh. would be a lion. Um, <laughs> but I think that would be would be really lovely as well. And, and one thing I know that we did growing up was we like, look, have breakfast in bed, have a piece of toast. And then as soon as we, we cleared up the plate, it would be business as usual. And men would be yeah. back to that mum role for it to be able to last all day with yeah. someone taking care of everything would be really lovely.
3: And that's, you know, Dubai gives you that. You you, you know, we have so many options for, for treating our mothers. I think there's all kinds of ways that the men out there can find to give us something special i like yeah
0: come so come on guys let us know you can let us in on the secret what have you got planned and women of dubai get in touch too we want you to send a not so subtle hint perhaps (laughs) to your partners to your children about what you'd like on sunday cassie thank you for your time today wishing you a wonderful weekend ahead and uh, (laughs) we'll talk to you very soon i am sure You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys.
1: Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. So
0: we're giving you some tips here on Farmer's Kitchen on how to boost your mood through food. We recently talked about how singing, uh, online karaoke, can make us smile. Definitely affect the way you feel. But what about what we eat? Can food cheer you up or even depress you? Research carried out by a team led by Linda Bagash, assistant professor of health and wellness at Binghamton University, um, found that young adults, so under 30, who ate fast food were more than three times, uh, what, ate it more than three times a week, had higher levels of mental distress. So to discuss what we should be eating to make us smile we're joined by Farah Hilly registered dietitian nutritionist and specialised in integrative functional medicine at the Kiran clinic um farah before we start talking about food that makes us ha- makes makes us happy what um what food reminds you of growing up about your mum or mum figure in your life
4: oh hi there hi oh uh, well there's a lot of food that reminds me of my mum a lot of traditional food um, yeah i mean fruits um Yeah, cake, I guess. (laughs) Cake, (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, not always the healthiest, but uh, she would compensate as well with the vegetables and our traditional food. Where are you from? Um, I'm originally Palestinian, but born and raised in the UAE.
0: And this is what's so interesting, hearing people's, you know, their kind of home comfort foods, the dishes that they grew up eating. And it's really lovely, really making me smile this afternoon. And thank you for being with us today, Farah. Research has shown that food can really boost your mood. So what do we know about foods that can boost dopamine in the body?
4: Absolutely. Um, First and foremost, dopamine um, really helps control our motivation, our cravings, and so... um, any disruptions in dopamine production, um, possibly because of nutritional deficiencies like deficiencies in B vitamins, magnesium, vitamin D, can really impact how we're feeling. Uh, and so, um, dopamine is made up of tyrosine, which is an amino acid, as well as uh, of other amino acids. So, definitely ensuring that we're getting sufficient amount of protein coming from animal-based foods like uh, beef, lamb, chicken, eggs, as well as plant-based foods like almonds. Um, uh, seeds, of course, legumes, nuts, and beans. Uh, so that those are really great sources of tyrosine. Um, and we also focus on uh, vitamin C-rich foods, vitamin E-rich foods, which uh, act as antioxidants, which help protect our nerves or, or the neurons, which are responsible for utilizing and transporting the dopamine. Um, and they protect, again, these nerves uh, from uh, oxidative damage so it's really important also that we focus on foods rich in vitamin c like our citrus fruits vitamin e from nuts and seeds uh, what we want to stay away from in terms of um, you know any food that can potentially reduce our dopamine levels uh refined sugars
0: oh no cake
4: no um, cake as well as of course any white you know white sugar refined carbohydrates like white rice white pasta trans-fat uh, foods rich in trans-fat, like our cakes and our muffins and our cookies. Um, Farah, Farah,
0: I'm going to have to turn your microphone down because this is just depressing me now. <laughs> no, no but, and, again, there's good news coming up. Is there? Yeah, there's Because, news, there's because I mean... The, the, we'll speak about dark chocolate. Dark <laughs> chocolate, okay. You're throwing me a bow yeah. with dark chocolate. We are going to talk about the, the importance of different foods and what they can kind of bring to our body, bring to our, to our mood as well. But, yeah, mm-hmm. the, as you say, the foods that might zap that that good mood are those high sugars and everything in moderation, of course. But, you know, you you can't be having that morning, noon and night and expect to be jumping out of bed feeling fantastic every single morning. Um, I wanted to ask you about uh, B vitamins and and mood. What are some of the sources where you can get some good B vitamins and, and ultimately what can that do for us?
4: Yeah, so B vitamins, um, of course, are uh, responsible for helping our body produce energy. They're needed to make dopamine and they're important in general for healthy nerve and blood cells. Uh, They can also help control uh, homocysteine, which is a marker uh, that can indicate uh, certain issues in terms of what we call methylation or genetic issues. So B vitamins can really help bring down homocysteine levels and in general is very good for um, brain health. So foods rich in B vitamins, again, you've got um, legumes uh, like nuts and lentils, sorry, um, like um, beans and lentils and chickpeas. We've got our sweet potato. We've got our green leafy vegetables. Uh, Vitamin B12 is extremely important, and we can only find vitamin B12 in animal-based foods, so eggs, uh, chicken, and uh, red meat as well. Uh, So in general, those are fantastic sources of B vitamins, and we should be including them um, every day, And, and hopefully in
0: every meal as well. And with vitamin D, we know as a nation, despite having year-round sunshine, uh, most people that live here in the UAE are kind of shockingly deficient in, in vitamin D. And it can be a tricky one to absorb. Um, you know, it's something that we, you know, we need to make in our, on our bodies. And what are some of the foods that we can get vitamin D from? And other sources, is it something we should think about supplementing as well?
4: Yes, it's really important that we all get our vitamin D levels checked, particularly if we do struggle with mood disorders, if our immune system is crashing very um, frequently um, and vitamin D is very anti-inflammatory as well. So, I mean, we can get vitamin D from the sun, but unfortunately we do not spend too much time outdoors despite living uh, in a very uh, warm country. Uh, We can get a bit of vitamin D from foods such as egg yolk, uh, salmon, uh, mushrooms as well, but it's really not enough. So it's highly recommended. Yeah. It's really recommended that we get our levels checked. Uh, and then, uh, take supplements as per. Um, the doctor's recommendations We did so speak really on the show on
0: recently about um, vitamin D and mushrooms because spinnies actually create um, vitamin D fortified mushrooms so if anyone is a shroom lover that can be a good, a good way of getting it I wanted to ask you Farah about the link between gut health and mental health because it's something more and more people are drawing parallels around and how it can be so important to have probiotics, to be eating fermented foods, to make sure uh, you know our guts are feeling balanced and then our mood you a bit balanced as well what has your research and reading and patient work um come come to you to say there is so much evidence now to show that there is a link between what's going on at the gut level
4: in terms of our gut microbiome and how we feel so individuals let's say who are dealing with or who are struggling with depression have been found to have imbalances in their gut microbiome and then even rats who were given um bacteria let's say uh, from individuals struggling with depression, ended up also having depressive symptoms. So there is, you know, our gut and our brain talk to one another. There is that bidirectional communication, and you know, whenever you have a presentation or an interview and you get a bit nervous, you feel that sensation in your mm-hmm. in your gut. So they really talk to one another. And how can we uh, promote a healthy microbiome um, through eating polyphenol-rich foods? So our fruits, our vegetables, our green tea. Um, we eat more fiber, um, and from our whole grains, uh, brown rice, wild rice, quinoa, and then probiotic-rich foods, so Greek yogurt that's made with cultures, as well as fermented vegetables like sauerkraut, um, and supplements. You know, we we can supplement, but I think if we have a forkful or two a day of fermented vegetables, uh, that can really support um, our gut microbiome. Well, and staying away from um, you know, going back to the sugar, trans fats, saturated fats, limiting our saturated fat, uh, trying to stay away from artificial sweeteners as well. They can really impact our gut uh, bacteria in uh, in a negative way. And wow. and keeping in mind as well that the majority of the serotonin, which also helps regulate uh, and balance mood, most of the serotonin is made in our gut. So um, you know, if we've got a compromised or compromised gut health. Uh, this is also going to affect uh, our production of serotonin and
0: neurotransmitter. I want to go to cravings, though, Farah. We, well, maybe we don't all have them. I certainly do. Some of us can resist them. Some of us, like me, uh, just give in. What is the body trying to tell us when we have cravings for certain foods?
4: It could be telling us different things. And it's really important that we get to the root cause uh, of cravings. Uh, is it an imbalance in gut micro, um, gut bacteria or microbiota that's telling us, you know, something is wrong? Is it what we've eaten in our previous, uh, you know, the last meal that's telling us, okay, I it wasn't a balanced meal, so your sugar levels are, are all over the place? Um, is it nutritional deficiency? So really cravings uh, or the, the, the reasons behind cravings are very multifactorial. And it's really important that we stop and think, okay, uh, why am I craving this? Um, Am I eating because I'm stressed or Mm. I'm anxious or I'm uh, I'm feeling uh, down? So it's really important to first associate uh, our emotions to uh, our cravings. uh, And if they happen quite frequently, uh, also to look into dietary factors.
0: So, you know, it's it's really, and as as you say, it's so personal as well. Um, Jess is saying my cravings are so bad when I have PMS. Snack around 10 a.m. and then feel guilty. Um, Any advice on how to control my hormones? I think habit and hormones are are really common factors for craving, especially in women. Um, What what, what would you advise? Because I think a lot of women have this, you know, really wanting something sweet or feeling nauseous when they're not feeling full. Um, So what advice would you give there? I think there are always,
4: you know, the healthier, uh, more nutritious options that you can go for whenever you are experiencing, um, you know, that crave urge. Uh, So going back to dark chocolate, which is also a fantastic source of magnesium, uh, giving a a calming effect, uh, you know, going for at least 70% uh, or even 80% um, dark chocolate. Uh, And staying away from anything that's, you know, made up of simple sugars. So I would always recommend including either a source of protein and or healthy fat in your meals and snacks. So your healthy fats can be, you know, your pumpkin seeds, your sunflower seeds or almond uh, butter, uh, even if it's a date uh, or the energy balls, um, or even if it's a piece of dark chocolate uh, alongside a handful of nuts. So that really helps control what's going to happen to your sugar levels afterwards. So if you were to have, let's say, a cupcake or, uh, you know, a piece of cookie, Uh, then your sugar levels are likely going to increase and then suddenly decrease because of that surge in insulin. And then whenever your sugar levels are fluctuating, that's going to release, uh, you know, other hormones, which can make irritability, anxiety uh, worse.
0: I wanted to ask oh. you about energy balls, actually, because I picked up some um, packets of Linwoods in Spinneys over the weekend and they've kind of been looking at me from, from, <laughs> from the counter. So I got a couple. I got one that was um, flaxseed, Brazil nuts, walnuts and almonds all ground up. And I got one that was flaxseed, sunflower and pumpkin seeds. And I know they've got flaxseed with goji berries and even like an apple and cinnamon. but. I thought this would be a really good thing for energy balls because I get to kind of because I'm obviously on the radio in the afternoon. I can't nip out and have a sandwich at you know half past three. Um, so be able to you know have a have an energy ball, have a quick snack mid afternoon or even mid morning. I was just wondered what can and bear in mind I don't like peanut butter. Um, what can go into a good energy ball that's going to have some of those good fats and a bit of a natural sugar boost as well? What would you what would you put in your perfect energy ball?
4: Oh, yes. I mean, you can have sweet <laughs> energy balls, and you can have savory ones. So um, from the sweeter side, to uh, help with that craving, dates, I think dates are a great option. You can put some other dried fruits as well, like dri- dried apricots, uh, and then your nuts. You can really get creative with your nuts, um, with your seeds, nuts, butters. If you're not a fan of peanut butter, you can go for macadamia um, nut butter, almond nut butter. Um, flax seeds are great. Chia seeds are great. Sneak in as well some Um, you know superfood uh, powders as well Uh, so you know we can really get creative with energy balls or just make them very uh, or purchase them um, you know very basic ingredients but can really satisfy that craving uh, and give you um, a bit of energy especially when you're working uh, long hours and you don't have much time to to have a proper snack or uh, um, you know make something to eat
0: That's my plan when I get home. The kids are going to get involved, whether they like it or not. Farah, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Lovely to hear about your food memories as well. Have a wonderful weekend ahead.
1: You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8.
0: This is your chance to get some amazing recipe inspiration to maybe learn what you can do with some of the dishes that you'll find on Spinneys' shelves. And yes, connect with some of the best chefs in the world. And that's exactly what we're doing this afternoon. Delighted to be joined by Chef Massimo Bottura, who is here in Dubai at the W on the Palm, where his restaurant, Tona Subito, is serving up some very special food over the weekend. Chef Massimo is the creative mastermind behind the three Michelin star Dostoeira Francescana, voted number one restaurant in the world, two times. Uh, he's in Dubai now and uh, he's joining us on the phone. Chef, how are you? How
5: are you, Ellen? Very good, very good oh, chef, it's It's great to be here. It's the first time I leave Italy since March of last year.
0: I am so happy it's Dubai oh, that you've chosen to God. come to. How does it feel to be here? That's an emotion, such a
5: great energy, you know I can't wait to hug people you know we
3: <laughs>
5: no it's, um, it's it's a very strange feeling, you mm-hmm. know. I was used to travel like two hundred days a year. And, uh, you know, I spent like the last uh, uh, year in Modena and um, it was great because uh, we did so many projects. We closed all the projects that I started. I closed every, every single one. And I improved Casa Maria Luisa. That is uh, our country in, uh, in which we, we, we closed the circle of hospitality. And uh, now there's a new playground for adults uh, with uh, beautiful cars, incredible motorcycles, but also beautiful paintings, uh, but also techno gym, So the guests of Maria Luisa, they can use that. So they can eat and then exercise. To stay fit.
0: fit. (laughs) It's all about balance. It is really wonderful to have you back in uh, the region. And I just want to say how much I enjoyed you teaching puppets. How to make tortellini? Oh yeah,
5: that that was good. Huh?
0: Oh, there's a new show on Netflix called <laughs> Waffles and Mochi. What was, yeah. it? It was yeah. Michelle Obama involved as well? What was yeah, it like to yeah. film? Michelle, she's
5: she's very interested in uh, teaching uh, the young, uh, educate the young uh, kids uh, to a uh, healthy food, uh, um, and uh, especially also the also the the adults uh, you know how to shop uh, how to cook uh, and so what i did i immediately accepted when uh, when they offered me the opportunity to to do this because um because uh, i respect her so much and uh, we met uh, like uh, six years ago and uh it was uh immediately good very good vibe and um and it was, uh, uh, and this is, this show is going to be super, super, super successful. It's so because uh, enjoyable. it's going to be what? Yeah, exactly it's
0: enjoyable and it's it's for children but I sat there with my husband absolutely laughing my head off Um, it's all focusing on different um, aspects different ingredients and yours is all about eggs and you talk about the story about how you and (coughs) Chef Taka made the incredible oops I dropped the lemon tart Taka was like I have uh, my beard I have just a Four five yeah yes Baka. you gave him That's a good cartoon I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, also featured on the show is your project uh el Tortolente, which is a project that empowers people yeah. with special needs through pasta, yeah. which what could be better yeah. can you tell us more about yeah. that project and why it is so special yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. because uh you know uh as uh, have you seen uh uh, during the quarantine, uh, my my show, like Kitchen Quarantine.
0: You were streaming uh, Charlie, your family's in, dinners in which, with your son. Yeah, in
5: which uh, I involve uh, the whole family and the life of family uh, without filter. So you see, you have seen Charlie, that is a, a young adult with special needs, that he was like, you cannot say what to do or what not to do or what to say or what not to say. So it was like, no filter for that. Oof. And uh, these, uh, these, um, this kind of uh, human being are marginalized in society as, uh, um, you know, grandmothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that point, uh, I said, uh, why don't we do that? Grandmothers can wait to teach, uh, you know, these kids that they have uh, um, special abilities because they are very good on repetitive things, you know. They cannot improvise. But if you teach them, they can be very good. Um and so, and create a future for them, you know, a central part in the society, so we did it, and uh, the projects are growing step by step, and now we have to open another one because there are too many requests uh, for this kind of kids
0: that's amazing uh,
5: so yeah it's amazing it's amazing it's
0: great that they're amazing. able to it's a learn great thing yeah cook. it's a
5: great thing for the grandmothers mm-hmm. to be to leave the house and uh, be part of this project and a great thing for the kids because they start learning a, a different approach to the world.
0: Chef, bring it to Dubai. I want branch number three in the UAE. Yeah. Um, I, I, I really did enjoy all of your streaming over, over lockdown. I think you were the king of the <laughs> kitchen. Stanley Tucci was king of the quarantini. Yeah. Uh, it no, was, you, you it was brilliant. brilliant. Um, but yeah. I wanted to ask you, I mean, it, it's been such a difficult year. And we've spoken to restaurateurs based here in Dubai. We've spoken to yeah. really successful chefs and business owners in London. Uh, George Locatelli, Jason Afton, who, yeah. who I, I, I literally had to say, how many restaurants do you have now? And they're like, well, that's very much depends on on what happens over the next few weeks. And I wanted to ask you about the impact of the pandemic on your restaurants, both here, obviously, and, and internationally. How has it been?
5: Right. So I'm, I'm speaking about myself because, uh, you know, I cannot speak about the rest. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what's going on uh, in the rest of the world and what's going on. Uh, with the um, with the young chefs, they open and invest uh, probably the money of uh, the savings of uh, their parents mm-hmm. to to live the the life of a chef. And uh, you know, I'm answering uh, every day to uh, dozens of uh, messages uh, that I receive uh, asking for uh, advices, but. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what to say because it's very, it's too much, you know, uh, to say something um, so delicate Mm -hmm. to talk about that. For me, as Osteria Francescana, as Maria Luigia, as Franceschetta, we did a totally different approach to one or the other. You know, with Francescana, we didn't have any problem. We are very established. Uh, every, t- every single time we were able to open we were fully booked as in Maria Luisa because Maria Luisa is our new country inn that uh, closed the circle of hospitality Was uh, uh, every time we could uh, we were fully booked but on the other side uh, with Franceschetta, the gastro bistro we were suffering a lot And um, but we were doing uh, we created a very successful delivery so we, we were able to survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had also the Osteria Gucci in uh, Florence. Yeah,
0: you're opening uh, a new uh, one this was, year as well in and, Tokyo. And we are opening
5: uh, a new one in Tokyo. Congratulations, uh, Tokyo and Seoul. Yeah. Um, so uh, in uh, in Florence was uh, kind of difficult because uh, because Florence without tourists is like a, is a totally dead place. And so we were suffering a lot. Uh, on the other side, Los Angeles was stop and go, stop and go, stop and go for four times. But in the meantime, uh, all the chefs that were there, uh, like all my my team there, um, decided uh, that they were working in soup kitchen in Skid Row and to mm. teach the volunteers how to cook, uh, what to do and uh, preparing meals for homeless so they they became part of the community Mm -hmm. so deeply that uh, you know they make me feel proud Uh, you know they are working with me they are working in the family of Osteria Franciscana because at the end uh, if you work for me you have to you have to believe in my ideas and be part of their family, like Bernardo does uh, with Torno Subito. You it know, is.
0: It is. Um, we are
5: we are the first uh, hotel in Dubai who signed uh, for like uh, the protocol of zero waste with the food bank. Uh, we in the in the menu we create a menu that um, and plates that are like reflecting this kind of mentality. Because what is the matter in 2021? Uh, is it enough to to bring at the table some, you know, lobster like farmer's lobster, mediocre caviar, that kind of foie gras, or, you know, some beef that is not sustainable, you know,
0: to me, it's not. Not enough. But, uh, you know, mm-hmm. this is my opinion. Well, so, uh, Chef, wh- when we're talking about tennis, talk, I know you are here for the next few nights. Can you tell us what's yeah. on the menu and how people can uh, ultimately meet is, uh, you and is, eat your food? The menu is extremely
5: Italian, Good. Uh, extremely playful. Uh, we play with words, we play with food, we play with ingredients, looking at the past in a critic way, ma- never in a nostalgic one. So even the cotoletta alla Milanese, it's uh, it's a Milanese or is it Bolognese? <laughs> so we create this, uh, uh, you know, open like a pocket uh, cotoletta, you know, veal mm-hmm. uh, uh, chop that is like uh, is like uh, filled with uh, uh, a fake ham. So it's a beef ham, and uh, and the Parmigiano cheese and uh, pan fried, you know, as classic Milanese style. So you break it and you find a surprise inside. Oh. So is it bolognese or is yeah, it milanese. So like, it like, sounds
0: like you're having a lot of fun. It sounds like you're back. We are having fun. Y- we and-
5: are having fun. And we are here in Dubai in Torno Subito uh, reflecting the environment that we create. That is like the environment that I grew up with in uh, Riviera Romagnola, Rimi Riccione, when I was spending my youthness with uh, my mom and my uh, sister in uh, in uh, Rimini, so we we recreate that kind of uh, environment. Beach
0: vibes. We are talking. It's Mother's Day here <laughs> in the U- vibes. beach vibes. Uh, it. It's uh, it's Mother's Day here in Dubai on Sunday, and everybody's getting in touch, oh, sharing. I know. I didn't know that. It's okay. Don't worry. It's it's not in Italy, so you're safe. Um, but I'm, I'm curious, and we're having people messaging in about the food that reminds them of the mother. We've got a paella, oh my God. pumpkin cheese so cake, dark chocolate. What yeah. about you? But the- you i m- my mom i
5: re- i remember like one of my favorite thing is like uh, the papa pomodoro is like tomato that you know that all the women in the house they were making uh, during uh, august period because uh, in august uh, in emilia romagna is not south of italy so uh, w- uh, we picked the tomato just in august so in august uh, we were like making the salsa al pomodoro that we were keeping the old here in the down uh, downstairs in the cave, like where where we keep the wine, mm-hmm. um, and um, and the papal pomodoro is a tomato sauce uh, with uh, breadcrumbs uh, lightly toasted and Parmigiano Reggiano crust oh. infusion oh, with shit. a foam on top. So you have you have the flavor of Italy, but it's like uh, is in a. Uh, in a shape, in a different shape. So it's like uh, my mom, uh, my mom, uh,
0: you know, state of mind. You know,
1: mm-hmm. don't
5: waste anything. Don't do
0: hey, that. and it's you, a- you clearly picked it up because that's where you're at now. You know, understanding. Yeah, it's not. But just I'm about here good because food. of my mom.
1: Oh. I'm here because
0: of my mom. You know, when
5: uh, when uh, the first six years of Osteria Franciscana, people didn't know what I was doing. You know, it was too contemporary. The menu. And, uh, you know, the people didn't understand what I was doing and uh, my mom ma- and probably I was uh, keep going and uh, believing myself because I, wa- I had to show my father that my mom was right when she pushed me out of uh, university, le- to leave the university and, uh, and uh, to study, to become a lawyer and um, and instead uh, became a chef.
0: Chef, I and am so, so glad father, you didn't go down yeah. that route because the world would be a much poorer, hungrier and less thank inspired you. place. Thank chef, thank you, thank you I'm so, say, so much. When I'm going to meet my mom in the sky
5: up there, I'm gonna tell her that you told me
0: that. Well, I'm, it's an absolute <laughs> pleasure as ever to talk to you, and I hope to see you over the weekend. In the Thank meantime, you, get back to the kitchen. I know Thursday's a busy yeah, time for you and Chef God. Bernardo. So, so, will I see you during the weekend? Hopefully, Saturday. I'm gonna hopefully pop all up. All right, to the w. all right. Enjoy Perfect. yourself. Perfect. It's wonderful to have Sarah. you back. in do Chow ciao ciao, Chef Massimo Bottura. He is there at Tuna Subito at W The Palm. You can dine with him over the weekend and eat truly. Food made by the most talented hands on the planet. It's Farmer's Kitchen.
1: You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8.
0: You are listening to Farmer's Kitchen with me, Helen Farmer. Yes, Mother's Day is fast approaching, but don't worry if you haven't sorted a gift. Uh, I'm a firm believer that the best presents come from the heart, and often that means getting a little bit messy, getting a little bit creative, and letting your kids really express themselves. To give you some, some ideas and inspiration. Delighted to be speaking to Camille Disbald-Bian. The head of content at the Jam Jar. If you haven't been to the Jam Jar, you are missing out. It is the most gorgeous spot where you can go take over a canvas. Your kids can try. They've done parties in the past and they've got some workshops coming up. And we're going to be picking Camille's brains about some things that you can do with things that you might have at home to make the, the special lady in your life, well, maybe cry some happy tears. Camille, thank you so much for being with us this afternoon. Before we get into some of the projects that you and the team have come up with, can you tell us a little bit about what's coming up at the jam Because obviously spring break is upon us. Do you have any camps and workshops going on?
6: Yes, yeah, spring break is coming very soon. Actually, we're ready to welcome all of the kids. We have those camps happening every season, every school holiday. We do have two weeks coming up of camp, where you know every day there's going to be a different project. We have obviously sort of altered the scheduling of our camps just because of safety guidelines regarding to COVID. We want to make sure that everybody keeps on having some fun and creative moments, but you know most importantly everybody needs to stay safe but because we've had such a high volume of demand we've opened three sessions per day to respond to the demand so every day there are three sessions of the same project happening and we have just like lots of different art projects really a lot of the projects are based on you know experimenting with new materials and um, just getting the kids to be creative and 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 just do their own thing, which is very much what we're all about at the Jam Jam. We're really trying to create a space where you feel safe to do your thing, rather than you know. Trying to copy someone else or, you know, <laughs>
0: sometimes it is not sorry about copying someone else, but, but maybe, you know, emulating an artist and younger ones finding inspiration in, in people that have oh, gone yeah. on before, which is brilliant. Hmm. And you know,
6: Inspiration what- is very important for sure. We're just trying to really get you to find your own thing.
0: We've got some ideas for some great projects to be trying. For dads and kids, so they can make it home for mum. We will put the photos on Instagram stories. I just want to say that, you know, we had UK Mother's Day on Sunday and my husband did a great job. You know, he, he bought cards for the girls. They they wrote their message in. My, my four-year-old, you know, did a tea and some kisses and, and drew me with a very heavy fringe. <laughs> um, my other one, you know, wrote, wrote me a little note in it, but which was lovely. And then I called them to say thank you. And when I got home, they'd actually made their own cards that they'd hidden under my pillow and wrapped them up with a little ribbon. And when I saw them, I lost it. I mean, I was—it's lovely to see a card that they'd written in, but to see a card that they created themselves, I was sobbing. Which <laughs> it's not—it's like, not like me at all. Um, because oh no, but
6: it's just the, oh. because the intention is so much. You know, it's the time that you put in, and you know that they've sat down and done it all, and they. You know, thought about it, and we like, you know what? I'm going to do this, and I'm going to put that, and mommy's going to like this, so I'm going to put this here, and yeah, it definitely, was
0: lovely. It was, it was just the sweetest thing, and handmade is so so meaningful. Camille, you have got some projects that we can be trying at home. And when I say we, I don't mean the mums, I mean one for dads and kids. So the first one is to make a flower card. So what do we need? What's the equipment? And then what are we going to do?
6: Okay, so you're going to grab a dad or whomever is at home to be your little assistant to begin with. And uh, the first step is going to be making the papier-mâché paste. So it's very easy to do and you can do it with things that you probably already have in your cupboard. What you're going to need is some all-purpose flour and some water. And then if you do have some at home, some liquid glue, PVA glue or any, uh, you know, transparent school glue that's just liquid. So you're just going to mix one part flour to one part water and just mix it nicely until there's no lumps. And then slowly heat it up on a very low heat, all the while stirring until it becomes glue. It shouldn't take more than... Uh, 30 seconds at this stage your papier-mâché paste is ready if you want to add some glue then you just add about one part of glue to that that will just make your uh, final project more shiny if you have some glue but if you don't have any that's absolutely fine so your papier-mâché paste is ready just pour it into a container let it cool down a little bit and then you're going to gather some flowers if you're lucky enough to have a garden, just go around the garden and pick up a couple of flowers. If you have a, a bunch of flower at home that just, you know, becoming a little bit old and is about to uh, end its purpose, then you can uh, definitely use that. I used some rose petals because that's what I had at home. Or you can definitely go out. Buy a bunch of flowers for mum and just use a couple of those flowers I,
0: well, uh, for funny. the project. For my um, four-year-old's birthday, we got her a flower press, which I haven't used since I was a child. It was you know something me and my grandma used to do, and get petals from her garden, um, whole flower heads and, and press them and turn them into projects. And it, uh, we went out on our. On our scooters, we went out with the girls on their scooters around the neighbourhood a few weeks ago, and just picked up, you know, petals and leaves that we'd found on the pavement. I think they might have swiped. Yeah, a couple you can from... definitely do that. And that was a really nice thing to do as well, actually. So if, even if you haven't got a garden or anything at home, you could always have a little stroll around and see what you see what, uh, see what you can forage for. Yeah, all right, love it. So once we've definitely. got our petals, definitely, and
6: then once you've got your petals and everything gathered together, you're going to want to have some card paper. So have it cut into a rectangle that you can fold into a middle and create a card. Okay, I would suggest to first start by writing the message inside and then doing the flower project. But you can do the other way around. That's absolutely up to you. So fold your card paper in half to create a card. And then on top of this, you're going to take your petals and your flowers individually and sort of dip them into your papier-mâché paste. And use your fingers. Don't be afraid of, like, getting your hands dirty. That's the whole, you know, beauty of craft project. Get your hands dirty and wash them after, but just, you know, go in there. And use your fingers to sort of spread the the papier-mâché paste onto the petals evenly and around. And then you're just going to... Delicately place it on top of your card and just place as many flowers, as many petals as you like. You can make it into a composition or you can just completely go nuts and just put them wherever you know like without thinking too much it will be beautiful nonetheless and then you're just going to put that flat somewhere maybe outside in the sun and let it dry and then what you're going to have is the papier-mâché paste is going to harden and conserve your flowers into its shape but it's also going to glue it nice and solidly on top of the card and then you're done um make sure to you know write a nice thoughtful message inside maybe all of your favorite thing about mum or a little poem or a thoughtful message
1: you're listening to farmer's kitchen with spinnies only on Dubai I 103.8
0: it is mother's day on sunday and we're giving you some suggestions on what to make for mum homemade is best so many times and camilla the jam jar has been telling me about easy handmade presents the kids and dads out there can make this is one classic jam jar project
1: You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8.
0: You're going to need
6: uh, the top of a shoebox. I like to use the top of a shoot box because it has that edge Mm -hmm. uh, on the four sides that you can use eventually to, you know, hook it on the wall or you can even like hold on itself. If you don't have any of that, a simple piece of cardboard will do. Some of these, you're going to need some old newspaper. You're going to need some your uh, papier-mâché paste already ready. If you have multiple kids of different ages, then you make a big batch of papier-mâché paste and everybody can do that project together and then you're going to need uh, your favorite like a photo um, I would suggest to not use the original photo mm-hmm. you can maybe reprint the photo first take your newspaper and rip it into strips so have it ready by your side and then you're going to take a, a, a brush uh, and take your papier-mâché paste and brush it on top of your shoebox cover kind of like if you were painting it and try to Smear it all around. And then one by one, you're going to take one strip of newspaper, glue it on top of your uh, box, shoebox, and cover it again with some papier-mâché paste. It's important that you do that because what you're going to do is you're going to repeat these until the whole box is covered with newspaper and papier-mâché paste. You want it to all really stick together nice and, nice and flat, you know. Once you've done this, you're going to take your photo and glue it in the middle. And then after that, what you're going to do is take some more newspapers. This time, you're going to dip it into the papier-mâché paste to make sure it's nicely and soaked. And then shape it into whatever shape you like it to do. Once you're happy with everything you've done, then you can go ahead and paint it. You don't have to wait for the papier-mâché to be dry to be able to paint it. That's one of the beauty about this project is it can all be done. So you can paint it with all the colours if you have beads at home if you have glitters now's the time to go nuts with
0: that <gasps> glitter <laughs> just like glitter my everywhere my husband you go ahead. Hates glitter which of course means my children <laughs> love it stickers on absolutely oh that's gorgeous
6: love- and then you can add you know all around little things and trinkets that you think represent your mum so my mother loves the beach and she loves the mm. sea and everything so I would put little seashells and sand and things like that because that's her habit place so you can go ahead and be like oh mom you know loves flowers and she loves this and hearts and so place those little things around just to you know you know just make show, show her personality make it hers exactly Gorgeous. and then once it's completely dry it'll be nice and solid because of the papier-mâché paste and then you can hook it on a. On a nail
0: on the wall. Shoebox lids going uh, in high demand across Dubai over this weekend. And lastly, Camille, for project three. Now, this is very much the kind of the, the jam jar specialty.
6: We're getting inspired by Jim Dines' hearts. So look him up. He did a lot of hearts and in a lot of different fashions. And we're going to just be inspired by his work and create our own version of that. So what you're going to need is, yes, a canvas or a hard surface, something that you can paint on. You're going to need some paint, obviously, some brushes, try to find an old sponge. And you're going to start by taking some card paper and you're going to cut four hearts. I like to make sure that my four hearts are all different. Then the first step is going to be painting your surface. So paint the whole surface. I've personally used some light pink and then a little bit of red so that I could do some tricks. And then I added a few strikes of white uh, just to give it some uh, contrast. And then you're going to leave this to dry a little bit. Okay. Once that's dry, you're going to place your heart on your canvas. So you can put it into the four corners, depending on the shape of your surface, if it's a rectangle, or if it's a square, it depends. Uh, just place it wherever it feels like it should be. One little trick to make sure that the paper stays in place, if your surface is completely dry, you're going to try and spray it or dab it with a little bit of water. Just don't make it too wet, just a little bit humid so that the paper will stick in place and it will still be easy to remove. And then what you're going to do is, again, you're going to use whichever color you like. I use different shades of blue, so two different shades of blue and then a little bit of green. And you're going to use your sponge this time. And with your sponge, you're going to take your color and dab it on the surface of the canvas, covering everything, even the hearts and everything. And then you alternate. I like to do that so that the color is not too flat. You know, if it's just one color, it might look a little bit flat. Although if that's what you're looking for, then that's perfect but i like to alternate to have different sorts of color just keep dabbing until the whole place is covered and then delicately remove the hearts and what what's going to happen is obviously you're going to reveal the the background color into the foreground color which will be the blue for me and and have your four hearts on the uh, on on the on the paint and then at this stage you can just go ahead and add uh, details if you like to one thing that you can do is take some black paint and you can just um you know go around the edges of the hearts to outline them. If you want you can take some white and just on the curve of the heart just do one little trick so that it it will make your heart look a little shiny. Um, you can add little messages inside of the heart, you know, if you follow the shape of the heart and just delicately write um a little sentence or something that you want to tell your mom, then you can do some of that or. Again, you know, add around little trinkets, little things that remind you of your mum as well.
0: Oh, and, uh, and then you're lovely. all done. Thank you so, so much. And it's, it's difficult to explain um, crafts on the radio, which is why we are teaming up with social media. And you can find photos of, uh, of these over on our Instagram stories.
6: And, you know, if you want to come and do the project at the Jam Jai, then come on over. We'll give you some, <laughs> some hints
0: and, oh. and uh, tricks as well. Camille there of The Jam jar with some suggestions on what to make for mum this Mother's Day. Get messy, get glittery. She'll love it. You're
1: listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8.
0: It is Farmer's Kitchen and while there are some big brands on the shelves at Spinneys, you might have spotted some homegrown heroes too. We love highlighting SMEs here on Dubai i103.8 and Spinney's incubator programme is a brilliant opportunity to introduce you to some of the brands you may have spotted in store and hear their stories too. In conversation today with Laura Manning, the founder of Brew Society, to explain a little bit more about loose leaf tea, where the idea came from and what you perhaps could be gifting to your special mum this coming Mother's Day. Laura, thank you so, so much for being with us this afternoon.
7: Thank you for having me.
0: Now, I wanted to ask you, before we start talking tea, about the name Brew Society, and it's BRW Society. For anyone that has spotted it on the shelves, the branding is gorgeous. Um, Tell us a little bit about the name.
7: So, we pronounce it Brew Society, um, and I really wanted a name that was representing the brand. I wanted it to be quite edgy um, and a name that doesn't really conform, just like our brand. So we're we're not your typical tea company. We're a loose-leaf tea brand with no airs, no graces, so I just wanted a name that was cool, fun, um, and really kind of represented the brand that we are different.
0: And when you say different, as you say, it's not, I know it was St. Patrick's Day yesterday, and my mum's Irish, but it's not about sitting down with your, you know, your tea bag of berries and a biscuit. You know, the flavours are really fun and creative. You've got, you know, raspberry mojito, you've got all sorts of things that are, you know, just inspired by living and going out and some health properties as well. So... I think it is time to kind of shake off all the assumptions, although... Yeah. You know, being half Irish, I'm a firm believer that a good cup of tea makes everything <laughs> better. Um, so, where, where oh, did please. it all begin? Um, where, where did you think that there could be a gap for some creative and somewhat different flavours?
7: Well, I'm just the biggest tea addict. I always have been. And um, when I moved to Dubai in 2018, I just didn't feel that there was the same variety of teas here that I was used to in the UK. Um, the people in the UK are just obsessed with tea. You know, they drink gallons of it every year, me included. In that. So I really saw it as an opportunity and I launched Brew Society in July 2019 um, with just one simple mission really to get people in the region excited about tea um, and to be a bit more adventurous with their Mm. cuppers um, and to try something new really.
0: Can I ask you what impact the pandemic had on the business? Did more people staying at home and maybe cozying up with a cup of tea or what kind of trends did you notice even with flavors people were buying?
7: People were definitely a bit more adventurous, you know um, when you're stuck at home and you're not going out, um, people wanted to try um, new flavors at home um, so we saw lots of our iced teas um, being very popular a raspberry mojito, you know, it was just sort of flying um, off the shelves because people wanted to have something different to drink with their meal times. And yeah, I thought, you know, the fruit teas were, were really popular during that time and people were quite experimental, which is fun fantastic that's exactly what we want
0: where do you source from laura can you give us a bit of a lift the lid lift the teapot lid on where where (laughs) on earth you get uh the teas from and some of the flavour combinations as well. That must be a fun process, doing some tastings. Oh, definitely.
7: It definitely is. So, um, we have such a wide selection of teas. Um, So, our teas come from uh, tea gardens from all over the world. We source a lot of our black teas from Sri Lanka and China. Our rooibos blends all come from South Africa. Um, And we've recently actually started working um, with a Yerba Mate Garden in South America. So, our product really does come from every corner um, of, of the world, um, but we also work very closely with European tea houses as well. Um, they have an expertise in blending, so they can really guide us and we can tap into to some of their their knowledge. Um, but in terms of the flavors, you know, that's just such a, a fun part. Um, my, my favorite part, you know, getting really creative in the kitchen with it. Um, but we really follow trends. We see what people um, are talking about on Instagram, for example. When we launched the company in 2019, my whole uh, Instagram page was littered with butterfly pea, that kind of blue-purple cuppa. Oh, yes. To don't know if you've seen it, but it's delicious. Um, so we created a drink around that with more of a kind of strawberry flavor to it. It's our flamingo blend. Um, and that, that's really what we do. We try and pick up on trends. We try and follow trends um, to see what is, is popular at the time and how we can really incorporate that into our, into our blends.
0: And what about some of the health properties? Because it's not just about that, the ritual of sitting down, and having a cup of tea and taking that moment. Some of them do actually... I know, can can boost brain and even body.
7: Absolutely, we have um, we have a wellness um, functional tea collection, um, which we call it, um, which is you know filled with such amazing health benefits um, to help your mind, your body, your soul. Um, to really, you know, relax, we've we've got an organic glow um, blend, which is amazing for your complexion. It really helps to hydrate your skin. Um, we have an organic reboot which helps you to detox we really do have um, a tea blend for every occasion you know if you're looking to um, hydrate if you want nutrition um, if you want to relax there's a herbal tea you know to to assist with that
0: now my mum being irish is um <laughs> fanatical about tea Um, and I wondered about Mother's Day coming up, are there any particular blends you think would be lovely for her to sit and have a cup of tea in bed while opening a card?
7: Well, I think all mums need to be pampered, don't they, on Mother's Day? Yes, we
0: do.
7: (laughs) We do, for sure. We work hard. So um, we have an awesome Mother's Day collection, which is actually available in Spinneys um, right now. And we've um, included three amazing organic blends to really help mums to pamper themselves and and relax and um and really just be spoiled that day. So we've included an organic rose white tea which is really delicate, it's very floral, it's pretty it's it's quite low in caffeine as opposed to other blends um but it's just a really special like a treat, you know, of a tea. It, it's it's really delicious. Um, We've also included in there our our organic glow, which is our complexion tea to help mums pamper and hydrate and just take some me time. Um, And then the final blend is an organic chocolate mint, which is just a bit of a treat. Every mum deserves some chocolate on Mother's Day, right? (laughs) You know, it's for them to enjoy.
0: I've also seen some really lovely mugs on your website as well with heart-shaped handles gorgeous uh so all the uh all the extras are, are available on the website too laura please confess how many cups of tea do you think you have a day
4: oh gosh
0: <laughs> um
7: oh probably about five or six i'm bad it's a it's a problem
0: <laughs> <laughs> um and lastly before we get back to no doubt tastings um how to brew loose leaf tea it can feel a little bit intimidating because people might have grown up using tea bags or they feel like it's something that other people do what's some of the essential kit and how best to get the most out of those beautiful tea leaves
7: you don't need any special equipment whatsoever. I think that's what turns a lot of people off, loose-leaf tea. They see it in the supermarkets, this packet. What, what do I do with it? Um, but it's really, really easy. Um, at home, you just, you know, you need your kettle, you boil your water. Depending on the type of tea you have, um, the water should be slightly different temperatures just for the tea um, to be the best, you know, to taste the best. So if you're, um, if you're making a black tea, for example, let's say an English breakfast or a no-grey, um, you can have boiling water for that. That's absolutely fine. But if you're drinking a more delicate tea, like a green tea or, um, a white tea blend, you want to just, um, lower the temperature there of the water to around 80 degrees. So probably boil the kettle and then leave it for five minutes before you add that water, um, to your tea leaves. And when it comes to steeping the tea leaves, um, we actually sell, available in Spinneys right now, um, a very simple tea tongue. It it almost looks like a a metal version of a tea bag, which is reusable. They're they're 29 dirhams and um, you can use it, you know, over and over again. Um, and all you need to do is put one teaspoon of the loose leaf, leaf, loose leaf tea into that tea tong and just steep it in your tea as you would a tea bag. And then you remove the tea tong um, and your tea is good to go. So it, it's really, really simple um, to do. You don't need tons of special equipment or you don't need to spend a lot of money on fancy equipment. It, it's just that simple.
0: That was Laura Manning, the founder of Brew Society. They are part of the Spinneys Incubator programme and you can find their products on shelves now. Love the sound of that raspberry mojito.
1: You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8.
0: Don't forget, you can tune in live to Farmer's Kitchen every single Thursday afternoon on Dubai Eye 103.8 between 2 and 5 p.m.